everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? You're listening to Forest FM, a salon business show with hosts Zoe Below Springer and Killian Vigna. For your industry, by your industry. If you were listening to last week's episode, you may remember we introduced a brand new concept, Thought Starters. Before we wrap up an interview, Zoe's going to pick a random question from a deck of Thought Starter cards to ask each of our guests. And because we're so grateful to you all for taking 40 minutes out of your day to listen to us, we wanted to turn the microphone around and open the conversation up to you through Instagram Live. Last week, we asked Ashley Hodges, what do you want your legacy to be? And for her, it was to leave the earth a better place. After taking it live, we had another answer to that question we thought deserved a shout out. And it was one of a writer who said that they hoped their legacy would provide joy to their readers and get them to dream at least for a few pages. So what's your legacy? Who are you inspiring? We both enjoyed the Instagram Live and our aim is to keep these going every Tuesday. So if you enjoyed the live or if you missed it and want to get involved, check out our Instagram page when we'll post the times that we're going to go live, but it will be every Tuesday. So don't forget to tune in. Also, don't forget to listen to the end of this interview for this week's question so you can prepare your answer. You cannot be what you cannot see. If you can see it in your mind and you can visualize it, then great, you can become it. But if you can't even visualize it because you've never seen it exist in your reality, then how is it going to become? You know, and so that's why I think community is so important because then you start tapping into these networks where you see other people doing it. Then you start to realize this goal is obtainable. I'm seeing them doing it. This goal is obtainable. I'm seeing them doing it. When you look at the industry specifically and you see those people who are successful, you know, and success can be behind the chair being fully booked. It can be owning your own salon, 10 salons. It can be going, opening up your own product brand. There is a consistent, a, a very consistent path of learning. Always be learning. For this week's topic, we're shedding light on the professional challenges seen in the salon industry. On the show with us today, two sisters who share the same vision and values to provide resources and tools to an industry and community of people who've been overlooked. They've been featured by Business Insider, American Salon, Modern Salon, Beauty Changes Lives, and many more. Without further ado, we're happy to welcome Nikki and April Dominguez of Handsome to Forest FM. Handsome is an app with a mission to provide beauty professionals with equal career opportunities that allow them to creatively build the careers of their wildest dreams and to do so on their own terms. Ladies, thank you so much for being on the show with us. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you Amazing. for having us. We're excited to yeah. talk to you guys today. We've already had kind of a, a fun little chit chat back and forth before we got started. So we know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I have to say you guys really woke me up because I was feeling a little tired it's near the end of my Wednesday. You guys have just started your Wednesday and yeah, I feel nice and preppy again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. We can all thank coffee and yoga. <laughs> <laughs> coffee and yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, speaking of which, uh, we're recording this, it's a Wednesday. I know both of you encourage your community to set intentions on Wednesdays. So what are yours for the week? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I actually, I set different intentions every week. Sometimes I set uh, different intentions by the day, but this week my intention was just to experience joy throughout every single day, every single moment, and to celebrate the little successes. I like that. Yeah, I, I like that. that. <laughs> oh. Try and beat that now, Nikki, yeah? <laughs> you know what? 
actually, I have <laughs> a little sticky note. April was talking that, you know, we do set intentions. We encourage our community to set intentions. And one of April's tips was she goes through and she writes her things on sticky notes and then sees, you know, goes back through her sticky notes to see if she did that. <laughs> Mine, April, we're so vibing. Mine was actually to experience uh, ease and joy, love, and abundance this week. So. Oh, nice. Such in sync. I love the sticky. <laughs> <laughs> So look, listen, guys, in some ways, the pandemic has brought people together, uh, but network's always been a huge part of the hair and beauty industry. How do you think the landscape is currently changing and what do you anticipate for 2021? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, in the industry, there was already this huge transition happening before COVID, you know, and that was a transition of um, into people going independent, you know, people... Um, there's been this big wave of independent educators coming about. And with COVID, it really amplified that. And it really amplified those educators that are existing. And it amplified the individuals working for their own salon suites or going into private work. And so um, what we really see with COVID is that because it has amplified these workers going more individual, there is more need for connection now than ever. And that's a common theme across a lot of industries, right? There's more need for this connection and especially for that digital connection. And so what we see in 2021, and I know Nikki, you'll probably have some more insight onto this as well, but it's going to be this, um, I think 2020, a lot of people were getting very used to testing the waters, what's going to happen. And people have settled in now. They know what the new norm is. They know they've have new goals are ready for a new year. And so we actually think the education is going to ramp up a ton in 2021. And that's going to be a lot on the independent educator side. Hmm. So do you, do you think it's actually going to be for the better now moving into 21? I think so, for sure. I mean, you know, to say what April was saying that, you know, 2020 was, um, you know, that year of transition going from, you know, people were exploring this independent side, going, you know, becoming 1099, booth rental, suite rental, private work, you know, COVID accelerated that for sure. Um, but what it did do is it disrupted what hairstylists in this beauty industry is typically used to as connection. And that is education events. You know, I know you guys have hosted them. I know that you've had really wonderful people come and speak at your events. And that's the way that the industry connects and finds uh, community, you know, and finds inspiration is by being at these education events. You know, so to have that kind of taken away, it really did force the industry to go in a different direction, you know, to become more digital, to know that they can reach out via you know, uh, Instagram, DM, Handsome, you know, mm -hmm. finding these resources that are going to really allow them to engage with each other because we're so disconnected. But I do firmly believe, you know, April and I believe the, ex the exact same thing. Education is going to be huge in 2021. We want that in-person connectivity just as we want that, in, um, that connectivity when we're working behind the chair, especially because we're more independent. So definitely, um, Education, education, education. <laughs> yeah. Aside from like the social distancing aspect of things, right? Do you do you foresee any kind of big challenges that we still need to overcome as an industry in terms of that like education part this year? Yeah, I think that um, one of the biggest overarching themes has been unionization, mm -hmm. you know, and whether it's a modern day unionization or you know, I think that's the direction that the industry is going. But that's a major challenge that was, again, amplified because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And you can see what has happened in California. You know, you have people like um, Eric Taylor, who's talking about it all the time. And, 
really showcasing what's happening to salons in California. And what's happening is that they're not being recognized because they don't have a voice, because they're not a community, because they're not a union. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's one of the things that's really, that's one of the challenges that needs to um, be overcome by the industry in order for them to really level up and succeed together. By saying that, like it just reminded me there's um, in the UK, the the beauty industry was really, really fighting up until just recently where, where it was uh, it came into effect. But it was they were fighting to be recognized as their own sector, especially for anything mm. that had to do like with uh, financial help tax. and grants and, fa and tax and stuff mm. like that. And it's just just happened. But it's been like years people have been fighting for this. And I think it's a it's a global kind of challenge. And, and yeah, it's totally shocking because you think about other trade industries, you know, like they have unions, they mm -hmm. have support and they, me and Nikki talk about this all the time, but it's it's shocking because the U.S. has more hairstylists in it than they have doctors or police officers, but they're not right. a collective union, you know? And so, um, and that's just hairstylists. That's not talking about barbers and makeup artists. And we get grouped in under laundry services. So when you're going to mm -hmm. file taxes and you're looking to file things, corporations, anything, you know, there's a lot of things that we're still like combined. And this is in the U.S. Yeah. I don't know about elsewhere. But when you go through and you look at these um categories were under laundry services so it's like what what the heck you know we're actually a profession or a trade we're not a towel you know so <laughs> yeah so what's been currently done then to i suppose fight the good fight and like separate you from those other services and really kind of stand you out there like is there anyone leading the way for you so maybe that is you too I think that there's a number of different organizations that are really putting a strong effort towards this, especially because of COVID. And, you know, it's from the big corporations from the top down, but also from the salon owners at the bottom. You know, like salon owners just sued the Go Governor Newsom in California. And so it's it's movements like that that are actually making a difference and that are actually shining a spotlight. And it's um, people that are coming together with data showcasing people aren't giving getting COVID in salons. So why are we being shut down? So I think it's happening from both angles, which is how it has to happen in order for change to actually occur. Yeah. You know, and that's one of that's one of our goals though, is to be able to be that platform where you can find these types of resources. When you're going, you know, searching in the beauty industry, like where are you seeing these conversations happening? They're not. They're happening between really disgruntled salon owners, you know, they're happening on comments on Instagram, but where are they really happening so that you actually have insight to when you're State is voting to something that really affects you, you know, and so mm -hmm. there, there's a number of players that are out there that are really trying to change, you know, how we see ourselves playing a part of that is being that resource where everybody can come together and you can find out what's happening. You know, you can see like, oh my gosh, here's this group about, you know, the U.S. salon industry. They're voting against X, Y, and Z. They're, um, they're wanting to unionize, whatever the, the topic may be. There's not insight, you know, and that's where we see we're bringing really large value to the industry is a place where everybody can go and actually find that information and start having these conversations so we're not just walking around blind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. One of the biggest problems with making change is everyone feels like they're an individual and, well, what can I do? I'm only just one person. I'm only one salon. But you're creating a platform that everyone can unite together on that. That's brilliant. So so speaking about that, then, do you want to delve into what exactly you guys do at Handsome? It's, it's quite new, essentially. It's only been a year now. Yeah, so so Handsome is, um, we're, we're community focused at our core. So we are an app. And we are a community-based app where anyone in the beauty and barber industries can be connected to career advice, education, and jobs. And so at our core, what we're doing is we're providing 
easier and better visibility into anything that you need in your career, whether it is a question that you want to ask um, somebody incognito and anonymously, you know, whether it is looking for that education for the next ongoing education for the next stage of your career, whether you're looking for resources or jobs. So we are a community that uh, allows beauty pros to find all of this information. Yeah, and really what's at, you know, the heart of why we're doing this, both April and I have um, a, a a shared vision in really helping people and pave the way for those who are less fortunate or who have had more, you know, have had struggles in their lives. You know, when we think about mm -hmm. the beauty industry, um, people are already stigmatized by 18 years old that, oh, you're just a hairstylist. You know, so what can you really do? You know, oh, you, you, you know, you're probably making $20,000, $30,000 a year. You know, that's not very impressive. Oh, you're, you're doing this so you can get through college. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, our, what we are doing is really wanting and we are raising the tide of an entire industry and millions of people who choose to be in this career because they want to be not because mm -hmm. they have to be you know and so we have resources that they can level up in education and all these things but we really want to pave the way and impact how this profession is seen from here on out for sure mm. yeah. the app is designed to help people kind of find success in their career would you measure, if you were to evaluate yourself, would you say, yes, I'm in quite a successful position or would the app be a way of kind of helping yourselves try and find your own success? Is that where it kind of developed from? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a hairstylist. I've been a hairstylist for like for 11 years. And when I started, I actually went to college first and graduated with two degrees and still came back to this industry because I love it so much. You know, so I didn't actually start my career until I was 26. And I felt like I had to catch up. You know, everybody starts typically when they're 16, 17, 18. So I felt like I had eight years that I had to cram in really quickly. So I threw myself into education. I threw myself into learning. I, I made myself uncomfortable by going through and doing free haircuts for like six months so I could build a clientele. You know, and so for me, it was really about um, providing resources that I feel like I did not have in this industry when I started. Uh, there was nobody mm -hmm. telling me, this is how you build a clientele. This is how you, you know, market yourself. This is how you, you know, step one of a haircut. You don't really learn a lot of that stuff in beauty school. So for me, it, it grew this massive passion into, man, it was such a struggle for me to figure out how to do all of this stuff and how to find these types of resources. You know, when I moved out to New York, I went on Craigslist to find a job. It's like, you know, walking around New York City in July, 107, 107 degrees with a paper resume is just not how you think about finding a professional job, you know? And so um, for me on my side, it was really about creating a place where these resources that I did not have would be easily accessible. You can go here and you can research classes. You can understand, you know, what should I be taking at what point in my career? And so for me, you know, I'm 11, 11, 12 years in into this career. I'm doing more of handsome and working on handsome than I am working behind the chair, but I still use it as a resource. So whether I was, you know, 26 starting out and or now 37 working on handsome, I still go to this app and I still talk to people and give back and mentor and ask questions. So it can be for any stage in your career. And that's really how we want it, want it to be. Yeah, and I would say that, you know, what we really recognize because Nikki and I, and for the audience, I don't know if they know, we're co-founders and sisters. And so um, what we really recognize, you know, I came from a career in startups and oil and gas and business. And for me, I always had access to those digital networks that helped me find more success, that helped me mm -hmm. find more peer support and career advice. 
And in our conversations, you know, Nikki would be talking about her goals and what she wanted to reach and who she wanted to reach and how she wanted to get the education out. And I was like, how are you going to get it there? And she's like, well, we have Craigslist. <laughs> you know, and this is where it all started because it was this epiphany of why because i'm in tech in oil and gas and all of these quote unquote respectable careers do i have these unlimited tools and resources but when you're in the beauty industry even though it's going to climb to 190 billion in the next two years you don't have access to the same tools because it's overlooked and so that's really where this where, where this all started for us it goes to show like you do have to look outside the industry sometimes to actually find new ways of like innovation and growth yeah. Now, yeah, you've both obviously spoken to a lot of people at various stages of their career, uh, whether that is through your podcast, Beauty Means Business, or through just business relationships or networking itself. Um, did you ever notice patterns of thought or a specific type of mindset that people would have um, when they're kind of, you know, on, on a on a path to success, like, you know, that they're, they're really killing it right now. Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the things that we've really recognized in the industry is it's, there's this theme of entrepreneurship. Every beauty professional is an entrepreneur, you know, like they're building their own books. They're figuring out how to get their own clientele. They're marketing themselves on Instagram. They're doing everything to build their own career. And so they're an entrepreneur, you know, and one of the themes is that they're constantly seeking um, additional business knowledge that they're not typically given access to. And so the mindsets that we actually just had on a conversation yesterday on Clubhouse is this difference between a growth mindset and a, uh, I can't remember, stagnant mindset, maybe? Fixed. That's what it's, fixed. Thank you, Zoe. Were you, yeah. were you <laughs> yesterday, Zoe? Thank you. <laughs> fixed stagnant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what we've recognized is that beauty professionals right now really have this growth mindset. They, especially because of COVID, they're recognizing they have to go and venture outside of their comfort zone in order to get to that next phase of their career. Yeah. And I think that really ties into, you know, growth mindset, the industry in general and education. For me, it's um, when you look at the industry specifically and you see those people who are successful, you know, and success can be behind the chair being fully booked. It can be owning your own salon, 10 salons. It can be going, opening up your own product brand. There is a consistent, um, a, a very consistent path of learning. Always be learning, mm -hmm. you know, and those are the people that you are seeing that are successful because they're just taking classes. They're absorbing the knowledge. They just want it all, you know, and they, they're hungry for it and they're willing to go like, oh, let me learn how to do that. Let me learn how to do this. And then they come back out on the other side and you're like, wow, now you're turning around and you're teaching it and you're giving back and you're mentoring, you know, and I think in the beauty industry, that's, it's very powerful here to be able to be a mentor, to be an educator and to absorb as much information as you want. So definitely that growth mindset, that learning mindset and, and taking in all the knowledge you can. Do you ever find yourself just getting stuck in a rut though, where you like, you're trying to learn as much as you can and then you hit that stagnant mindset, we'll say, where you've just stopped <laughs> and you're going, nah, that's it. I've hit the wall. Like what happens when you get to that stage and how do you get to, first off, how do you identify that, that you've gone from growth to fixed? Oh, for Pete's sakes. That has happened to me um, many times. And I would say recently it's been because I went from working behind the chair and being a hairstylist and educating and mentoring to coming into technology and startup land. And whew, that was just like being hit with a semi truck. You know, I was just like, what is happening right now? You know, because it's just like I have such a different thought process, you know, and then you have to jump into something that's so different. 
And so for me, it, it didn't even feel like I, I went into a fixed mindset. It, it felt like I went into a reverting mindset. It was like, <laughs> like I feel like I'm in kindergarten again because I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, so I think for me, what it, it feels like, it actually, I physically feel it in my body. You know, I physically feel just drained and stuck and I can't focus and I'm overwhelmed. You know, and when you go into that, mode it's like a, it's a survival mechanism you know you go back to everything mm -hmm. that you can remember that got you to where you were but you always have to remember what got me here won't get me there you know and so when i get into that mindset things that work for me are yoga is huge for me you know um, meditation journaling dancing has been a really big one for me in 2020 you know making sure that i'm moving you know my body so that i can start to move that stagnant energy out of me and so i think um, especially being a hairstylist i'm used to standing up and moving and that's yeah. something that I really recognized that now I'm sitting and staring at a computer screen a lot. And that is very difficult for me. So I have to find ways to move my body and be, be um, engaged in my physical presence. So for me, that's something that I've recognized. What happened? How do I identify it? Excuse me. And how to get out of it. In terms of, I just want to bring you back to networking real quick. In terms of like when you think of people who are just really, really good at networking, because we talked about, you know, the mindset that you need for like growth. So just always keep learning kind of thing. But you also need that networking part of things to build a standout presence and, and career kind of uh, um, portfolio and stuff like that. Right. So what do you think gives those people their edge? Mm, yeah, that's a really good question. And I think this is so important because I think that a lot of um, beauty professionals look at networking and they get intimidated mm -hmm. because it's looked at as a corporate uh, thing. It's looked at as, oh, after your nine to five job in your tech office in a high rise in downtown, you go and have happy hour and you swap business <laughs> cards. You know, that's how people see networking. Is that not how everyone does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like that, that is a form of networking. But for me, that couldn't be further from the truth. I believe that we're networking every single second of every single day. And what makes somebody a incredibly strong networker isn't the desire to connect and exchange something. It's, it's taking a genuine and authentic interest in learning about somebody else. You know, and, and there was a quote that was said the other day, instead of trying to be interesting yourself, be interested in everybody else. And so by networking, if you can find somebody, if you look at, let's call Ashley Norman and you want to learn everything about her, you know, if you can be genuinely interested, like how did you get to where you got? And you can actually ask those questions because you have a deep desire to know how to get there. That's how you start networking versus when a lot of people think of it as, oh, I just want to connect with her and her follow me on Instagram and we follow each other and then that's networking and now we're mutually beneficial, you know, but it's really taking this interest in learning about how somebody became successful. And I just want to, I hope everybody listening rewinds that for about a minute and listens back to it because April's a master networker. So <laughs> make sure you listen to it again if you, don't, if you don't know. And we also are hosting a lot of these conversations on Handsome and providing these tools because I know that's something that I've, you know, that it's not one of my strong suits for sure. When you think about mentors, you know, I think the industry also like it's a mentor driven industry and they 
often have time, hard times finding a mentor because the only way you can find one is if you're assisting them in a salon or you're their apprentice, you know? And so how do you actually find that mentor? And the way to step into that is by taking a genuine interest, like finding somebody that you aspire to be like and take a genuine interest and ask them, like, how did you do X, Y, and Z? How did you get here? You know, and that's how you start to find mentors instead of looking at it as this transactional play. When we think of networking, it's, it's kind of like, you said before where it's everyone going into a room, there's like 50 to 100 people. It, it can be intimidating, especially for someone that's maybe a bit more on the introvert side of it. Like you're just, the thoughts of networking will put Hi, you into floods me. of, yeah, like it puts you into floods of sweat. So do you think actually COVID has been beneficial in the sense of it's given people more access to networking because they can do it from the comfort of their own home? Like sitting here, you could be with your top half suit, bottom half sweatpants, you're comfortable. So now you feel more confident to network as opposed to getting into a full suit and going, trying to mingle with people. And uh, I suppose it just takes the nerves away from it. Do you reckon Mm -hmm. there's going to be increased networking events now taking place online? I think that COVID definitely brought the humanness back into networking, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's okay to have your baby on your lap. It's okay that your dog's barking in the background. It's okay that all of these elements are happening, which makes people who get uncomfortable in those events more comfortable, you know? And so I, I absolutely do think that that has played a, a huge part in it in making um, it more comfortable for people to network online. I think that brings it back to mindset as well. Like it impacts pretty much everything that you do from growing your clientele to opening a business to, you know, franchising to going into education, whatever it is. When you're in the process, though, of growing change, it can feel definitely uncomfortable. What are some maybe questions that you could ask yourself to just make sure that you you make some space for you to be able to um, to 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 grow into those new ways of thinking, I suppose? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing is you have to honor, for me, you know, it's like you have to honor how you got here in the first place. You know, like you have to recognize like, oh, you know, I went through, uh, you know, growing pains before. I've been through this before. I've been able to um, learn and find new resources. You know, there was one point in my life I never thought I could do this. You know, so I think when you can look back and honor like, oh, at one point this was the dream. You know, and so I know I had to go through some growing pains. I had to find some information. I had to put things together and I had to go, 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 go. You know, and so I think that when you can put it in that regard and you just think of your life as this cycle of being able to say like, okay, now what's next? You know, and okay, I might have to go through some growing pains. I'm going to have to find some information. I'm going to have to put myself out there and then I can go, 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 go. And so I think when you look at it that way, it doesn't become so daunting you know to to be like oh i've never i've never done anything this big before because at one point (laughs) where you're standing right now was the big you know it was this unachievable unattainable thing and goal that you had and so i think for me that's something that's always very helpful to recognize yeah and i think that a huge component of it is community you know and and people may not recognize it but community that is how you get to where you're going it you cannot be what you cannot see You know, like you can't be what you cannot see. If you can see it in your mind and you can visualize it, then great, you can become it. But if you can't even visualize it because you've never seen it exist in your reality, then how is it going to become? You know, and so that's why I think community is so important because if you can think of something like I want to be, I I want to be a world-class CEO, I want to be a startup founder, whatever it is you want to be. And then you start tapping into these networks where you see other people doing it 
then you start to realize this goal is obtainable. I'm seeing them doing it. This goal is obtainable. I'm seeing them doing it. You know, and so I think community is a huge part of it. Yeah. It's basically like finding someone that has gotten to where you want to be and just saying, well, how did they do it? What is their journey? What is their map? Read everything they write. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So let's say I wanted to join uh, your, you guys' community on Handsome. I download the app, I create a profile, and then what happens? Like, how many people can I connect with? Like, where do I go? What does it look like concretely? Yeah, so it's super simple. You download the app in the um, App Store. So we're on iOS right now. You can create a profile within 60 seconds. Um, you're immediately dropped into our Q&A feed. And so that's a community where people are asking a ton of questions that are related to the industry. And they're asking questions um, either as themselves or they're asking anonymously because we've found that the industry can often be timid and not want to actually admit that they might, might not know the answer to something, you know? Mm -hmm. and so. Um, we have over 25,000 professionals in our community right now, from barbers to hairstylists, makeup artists, estheticians, nail techs, even brands, educators, um, and they're creating their own micro communities to host conversations that are specific to them. So in that case, then, what would you say are some of the most like or key things to remember when you go about creating and growing your professional presence? And I suppose more specifically on Handsome, are there like any kind of key guidelines to follow? The more you give, the more you get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a great answer. Well, it's, yeah. uh, it's really built um, very differently. You know, I think when we talk about... Um, anywhere from networking to professionalism in this industry, we, we're creating this so that the beauty professional and barber professional can design it to fit them. We don't need to go into LinkedIn and become a LinkedIn type of networker. That's not how we operate. You know, what, you know, that whole, the more you give, the more you get, that's that mentorship energy that's coming out in us. That's that, you know, growth mindset that's coming out in us. That's that wanting to achieve something bigger that's coming out in us. You know, go in there and ask questions that you want to know about, you know, things that you want to learn about, how to open up your own salon. There is a wealth of knowledge amongst beauty professionals and growing our professional presence is really about showcasing what we know. You know, and it's very, very different from any other industry out there. You know, we're a very visual industry, we're a very emotional industry, we're a very creative industry. And so when you're providing that type of feedback and insight, that is you growing professionally because people recognize you as an expert. They recognize you as somebody who has answers and who's willing to give back those answers. And so for Handsome, what we really want people to do is come in and be your own professional, whatever that is to you, and really just help shape the community. And that's that's how we built and designed Handsome, is to work for the professional to become their own. Mm. And ultimately, that's what also builds your credibility as a person to contribute and stuff like that. Yeah. Totally, totally. Excellent. Mm. Right. Well, listen, April, Nikki, we're down to this new part of the uh, our episodes, and it's the Thought Starter cards. They're fully shuffled. Um, I've no idea what's on top of this deck, but we'll find out just now. Um, right. Oh, this, this is perfect timing with today's episode. Describe a time when you sabotaged your own success. Oh, <laughs> that is good. Hey, guys, Zoe. And Killian here. There's a lot going on in the world right now and things are changing fast. This is a short reminder for you to stay safe and on top of all the latest and factual news. Your starting point should be your governing health services website. Forest Salon Software has also a variety of business resources available. Check out our Help Juice page, the Forest Academy Learning Portal, 
our personal and business resilience strategies for salon owners at forest.com forward slash salon hyphen lockdown, the forest blog and podcast, and our multiple on-demand webinar recordings at forest.com forward slash resources. And one last thing, don't Don't be scared, scared, be prepared. Nikki, do you want to kick that off first? (laughs) (laughs) You look like you're struggling with it already. (laughs) I just, it's just funny because this is a topic. I'm doing this 40 day challenge right now of meditation, yoga, eating well. And um, this last week, we're in week two, um, brought up, I started journaling about it today. Actually, it was around self-sabotage. And so I'm like, did you guys know that? The universe pulled that card. Um, (laughs) I think for me, this is a a daily uh, practice right now. This is something that I am embodying daily, which is um, knowing who I want to be, who I am, the powers that I have, the knowledge that I have, the skills that I have, and the joy that I have doing all of this stuff. And I think a lot of times, I know there's that Maya Angelou quote, this is, which is wonderful, oftentimes we're not afraid of our darkness, but our light. And I think that that's something that is really... Um, just something I'm working through and I think a lot of people have to work through is it's not what you know the 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 struggles and the difficulties that scare us it's just how wonderful and great and joyous and um, happy that we can be that can often scare us and so there are times you know that you find this self-sabotaging I don't have a specific incident you know that of when I've done this I've been thinking of this mindset that this happens and to be able to get through that it's like you just have to keep pushing and show yourself that you can show up for yourself you know you can show up for yourself so that you can show up more fully for everybody else and so um, I would say that that's my answer um, or I could read my journal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just publish it on the app and we'll read it. <laughs> I think, I think though, in all seriousness, this so many people listening to the show could probably relate to that answer. For sure. Yeah. What about yourself, April? Oh, I don't get a different question. <laughs> I mean, I can give you a different one, but it's, it's... You just had three minutes to think of an answer. <laughs> oh, I was so engulfed in her answer. I wasn't thinking of my own. Um, you know, I think that uh, self-sabotage is limiting beliefs. And so as a woman, as a brown woman, you know, being Native American, Latina, Hispanic, um, that I have had a lot of subconscious beliefs that have been limiting beliefs my entire life. And coming into venture capital world, those all got pulled, put on blast, you know. And so um, limiting beliefs as far as very specific things like, oh, we can't raise a $3 million dollar mm. round out the gate. We're not white men coming from Stanford. Mm. That's self-sabotage, you know, but it's a very real thing. And so I often get conflicted with like, but this is the reality. This is what the data shows. This is what's actually happening to women in venture capital with the fact that I know I'm self-sabotaging and I have this limiting belief there. And so I think that there is a balance and an art to knowing that you have this limiting belief in trying to change that subconscious, but while also not getting, um, not allowing yourself to get beat down by what may come your way. That's also very beautiful. They are two incredible answers, yeah. Uh, Ladies, this has been absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure our listeners will agree. For anyone wanting to connect with you or even just download the app, get started on Handsome, where can people find you online? Yes, follow us on Instagram at handsome underscore app. Download the app in the App Store. Uh, connect with Nikki and I on the app. You can also find us at handsomeapp.com. Brilliant. 
Yeah. Listen, Nikki, April, thanks so much for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I really can't wait to hear what everyone else's answers for that uh, wildcard is at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, this was great. I appreciate you both so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. So just like Killian mentioned at the start of today's episode, uh, we are going live weekly on Tuesdays on Force Salon Software's Instagram account to discuss the Thought Starter card in uh, more depth and, and to get you guys to share your answers as well. So this week's question, describe a time when you sabotaged your own success. On a completely different topic, we also have a webinar coming up. It's a discussion featuring Timothy Howard and Tom Bentley-Taylor of Vish. Vish is the industry's leading color management software, and it includes a suite of systems that revolutionize how salons and stylists run their color business. Um, registration is free, and we invite you to check out the transcript of today's episode to get all the details around this webinar. One last thing before we sign off, don't forget to head over to force.com forward slash FM and subscribe to the show's email newsletter delivered uh, straight to your inbox weekly on Wednesdays. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forced FM or this episode specifically, send us an email at forcedfm at force.com. And if you've got a minute today, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.